I realized that this story I'm going to tell today is incredibly horrible and we're releasing it Thanksgiving week. Oh. It just feels wrong. It feels this like this is what if you are going black. I don't know if any place is open for Black Friday shopping, but if you are, just pop us in your head. <laughs> just wander around shopping. Yeah. Wear your mask. Um, Wash your hands. I don't know. But I I was like, I also don't know what I would have looked up to be better. Like a Thanksgiving murder or something doesn't seem right either. So we're just going to go with the most, literally the most horrible murder story I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, (laughs) y'all. You're welcome. I'm excited. Okay. So this is just, as I've said, the worst murder story I've ever heard. And, you know, let's keep in mind, I've listened to a million podcasts. I know a whole lot of murder stories. Watched a lot of unsolved mysteries. This is, so the trigger warning for like, this is a trigger warning. This is the worst Oop. murder ever. Okay. I'm just going to call it. Okay. This is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. We just recorded a lot, like, talking about this murder before I realized that we had not even told you guys. Who we are. What? If you're new here, welcome. That's Kara. And that's Megan. Hello. Okay. <laughs> now, now let's talk about this murder. That let's is the worst murder in the history of murders. It happened in Indiana in the 60s. We're talking about the murder of Sylvia Likens. It was called the most terrible crime ever committed in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It happened back in the 60s, and they called it that then. Of course, it was the 60s. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, it's still it still holds the title of the worst. Okay, great. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> On October 26th, 1965, police found Sylvia Likens's Likenses? Likenses? Likens. Likens. Apostrophe? Likens. <laughs> Emaciated corpse. Oh, no. Yeah. I feel bad that we were just laughing about it's the fine. name. This is what we do. Okay. To with Thank things. you. Covered with more than 150 wounds, ranging from burns to cuts, sprawled on a filthy mattress in the Indianapolis home of 37-year-old Gertrude Bazanewski. That's a name. Mm-hmm. It's like Mike Wazowski. Mike was Oh, that, we've got another one. I know. I always I like to seek out the names. Yes. Sylvia and her sister Jenny had been sent to stay with Gertrude and her family. Their parents paid Gertrude $20 a week to board their two daughters. And That's I'll explain a why. Steal. It's a bargain. Please take my kids for 20 bucks a week. Okay. In 1965, Sylvia was 16 years old. She had two older siblings and two younger siblings. And they were two sets of twins. So she had a set of twins older than her, a set of twins younger, and she was in the middle. Her younger sister, Jenny, had polio, which left her with one limp leg. And Sylvia often took care of her. So there was a story I read about how Sylvia would take her to the roller rink and would put like... A roller skate on her one good leg. Oh. I know. And then it's like she'd hold her hand and help oh. her skate with her friend. I know. She sounded great. I love She sounded that. like a really good kid. She does. Sylvia loved roller skating and the Beatles, as probably every teenage girl yeah. in the 60s, don't you think? Yeah. Sylvia Likens was the third child of Lester and Elizabeth Likens. And like I said, she was one of five kids. The older set of twins was a boy and a girl, Diana and Daniel. And then there was the younger set of twins, which is Jenny, who I just mentioned, and Benny. Jenny and Benny. Jenny and Benny. But then there's Sylvia. And Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're, you don't have a twin, so we're going to get you this yeah, name that doesn't rhyme have, with anything. Yeah. Gertrude Benazewski. Oh, we're not going to say her name like oh, that anymore. Gertie. Because she gets worse and worse. Great. She was 37. Here's a little background on her. She married her first husband at 16. Oh. They had four kids together, and then he became physically violent, and they got divorced after 10 years of marriage. Weeks later. Weeks Later, she married another guy. How, I don't know. How he did was, she find him? I I don't know. I feel like 
I don't know that I could find somebody weeks later. I'm not sure that her standards were very high. This is true. So probably you could. Okay. You could probably walk out right now. I mean, if a dead body was found in her house at the age of 37, I would say that her. She probably didn't have a super high (laughs) Um, He was also abusive, and they divorced after a few months. Oh, good for them. Then she remarried the first husband and had two more kids. The one she married when she was 16? Yes. She was like, remember how the first time this went horribly? And they had four kids initially, and then they had two more? Yes. That's a lot. It went real bad the first time. Let's do it again. Let's, okay. And add more kids to it. That'll make it better. Then they got divorced. That, oh, they got divorced again. Yeah. Uh, who saw two. that coming? After the two. I just can't. She's just... It didn't work out for her. That's so yeah. strange. No. You remarried your ex-husband. I'm oh. sure somebody's going to be like, I remarried my ex-husband and it was great. I'm sure. Twelve times. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are good stories out there. I feel like I've even heard a couple, but we don't like her. No. So we're allowed to uh, make fun judgment. of her. <laughs> yes. So after that, she met another guy. They didn't get mm-hmm. married, but they did, have, they did have a son together. And then that guy. So she has seven kids total? Yes. Okay. And then that guy left. Like, said, he didn't stick around. I can't do. I mean, did she ever think it was her? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's one of these things where I'm like, okay, let's delve into why is she like this? Yeah. Why does she keep choosing these horrible men? What yeah. were her parents like? What did she grow up? To? We don't know any of that. No. So there was an article on Medium called "The Disturbing Death of Sylvia Likens" by Heather Monroe. It's really great. I got a lot of information from it. Um, the rest of our sources are going to be in the episode notes. But it had this sentence, which I just, <laughs> it's like. I just want you to hear it word for word. Okay. By 1965, Gertrude was a 37-year-old. Okay. Gertrude was a haggard, chain-smoking, single mom of seven, living in squalor at 3850 East New York Street in Indianapolis, Indiana for $55 a month. Haggard. Haggard. When I think of that, I see, like, a woman chain-smoking. Yeah. In, like, a moo-moo. Just surrounded by... On a... With tr- curlers. And, yeah. yeah. On Angry. just, like, a trashy-covered porch. Yeah. Just yelling She's at the 30 kids. 37. 37. For me, because I'm always trying to figure out, like, why are people like... like yeah. what, that's What's the, in their head? That's the fascinating part of true crime for me, is mm. the human behavior. Like, oh, yeah. how did this... How did we get here? Like, how, how did this escalate? Happen? Yeah. Keep in mind, this is the thing that I keep thinking about. Um, Something about the fact that at 16... Gertrude married her first abusive husband. Uh-huh. Had four kids. Yeah, and had four kids. Versus at 16, sweet Sylvia is like loving the Beatles and hanging out at the Rolling oh, Rink. Like yeah. they had two very different. Very different. Like Sylvia is actually a 16 year old. Right. And so I just. Think, She's not haggard. I feel like something about the rage <laughs> towards <laughs> Sylvia later could be grounded in that. Maybe. That's purely my very <laughs> non-medical opinion. Okay. <laughs> Let's just keep that in the back of our heads. We are not doctors. We are not a doctor. Like I said, Gertrude had seven children, and two of them, Paula and Stephanie, knew Sylvia and Jenny from school. On June 3rd, 1965, Sylvia's mother was arrested for shoplifting. Sylvia's dad worked as a carnival worker. They would sell concessions. And so he could take the boys with him to the carnival, but not the girls. The girls can't sell I don't know if it was like a safety thing. I mean, it's the 60s. It may have been like, Mm, it's not a place for girls to travel like that. Yeah. So since the Likens and the Banazuski girls got (laughs) along, um, he decided that he would send Sylvia and Jenny to live with Gertrude. Hey, honey, I'm just going to, I got to work. Just go live with this family. I mean, she, the mom had to have stolen a bunch of 
stuff to be they, in jail. She went in jail. But I mean, in the 60s, maybe it was different. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't ever, I never understood like where did Diana go, the oldest yeah. sister. And it may just be like Sylvia is 16 and Diana is older than that. So maybe she was, she was like old enough to do yeah, it. Yeah. So he agreed to pay $20 a week for Sylvia and Jenny for their board and care. And Gertrude promised to take care for the girls as if they were her own. Lovely. And at first she did. <clears throat> I mean, a haggard lady. I sure want that care. <laughs> oh, God. Lester never went inside Gertrude's home, hmm. which I'm also like, you let them go live there and you, what? You're getting rid of your children. I think this is another case of like, it's the 60s and you just assume this woman's a mother. Yep. She's fine. Yeah. yeah. She has seven kids. She must be really good at She's it. She's great. So he had no way of knowing that the home wasn't fit to live in. There weren't enough beds for all the kids. There That's wasn't so a stove. Funny. They just had a hot plate. Huh? Yeah. Neighborhood kids came and went and they were allowed to get away with things that they couldn't do at their parents, like with their parents, like, like smoking and drinking. Like, no, it's not like they're going there and having soda and a lot of candy. They're, having, they're like the doing drugs. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and having all this like really raunchy sex talk Ew. and whatever. There were no rules at that house. Gross. The Lycans paid in advance, which made Gertrude happy because, again, she had seven kids of her own and now Sylvia yeah. and Jenny's. And she's already living pretty well. Good rough. God. And she doesn't have a significant other in the house to help her. No. So the first two weeks were fine. And then the next payment was late. And that that's when things start going south. So Gertrude took it out on Sylvia and Jenny. She began to abuse the girls in broad daylight using a heavy paddle and a thick leather belt that had no. been left behind by one of her ex-husbands. No. Yeah. No. Gradually, and maybe because Gertrude felt sorry for Jenny, the beatings became solely focused on Sylvia. No. I don't even know how to tell this story because it's like Sylvia and Jenny weren't prisoners of the home. They, like, their parents would stop by to pay the $20. They didn't. They went to school. I think it starts in the summer, but oh, okay. later they go to school, you know? Yeah. It's just, I think it's a matter of, like, later they're like, why didn't they say something? Why didn't they tell anybody? Right. And I think it's just a matter of thinking, I've lived with it to this point. I just don't want it to I be don't any want worse. It, yeah. I don't want to make more trouble for myself. And I also feel like they may have felt like, where, where else is there to, this is clearly right. where I have to go because yeah. maybe my dad's traveling. Who, yeah. you know, maybe he it's like, he won't believe me anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole like, the enemy you know is better than oh, enemy yeah. you know. They know what they're getting into. Well, but I'm sure they just didn't have any concept of how bad it was going to get. Right. The girls would never say anything when their parents stopped by. Sylvia started recycling pop bottles for cash. And when Gertrude found out, she accused her of stealing from her. I think oh because God. she felt like, how dare you? Yeah. Like, I should be getting all that yeah. money. And she hit her across the back and head over and over with a wooden paddle. Oh, my God. <clears throat> when she was too weak to continue, Gertrude. Gertrude was too weak? Yeah. Poor Gertrude. She's just her arm wearing herself out. Her out. She is haggard. She gave, <laughs> she gave the, battle to, the paddle to her 17-year-old daughter, Paula. What? Who was then, one of her friends from school, right? Yes. So then Paula would beat Sylvia with that. <gasps> no, no, no. And that happened a lot. Gertrude was sickly and asthmatic and haggard. Yeah. And, and sm chain smoking. And She's when she was chain too worn out, bless her heart, to yeah, beat Sylvia. Part, her hand was so tired. She had Paula do it. My God. Yeah. Nope. So that's the thing. This is already like a terrible story about a horrible, evil woman. But it's yeah. not just about how one woman abused this girl. It's about how her children and other children in the neighborhood. No. And some as young as 10 years old <gasps> participated. Too. No, 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 no. So the story goes that Gertrude told the kids whatever she had to tell them to get them to join in. Like. <gasps> what? She told Paula, her daughter. She's like, Sylvia called you a whore. Or she'd tell neighborhood kids that Sylvia had spread lies about their mothers being prostitutes. The whole prostitutes just, and sex like gertrude clearly has a lot of issues around sex too, yes because that's the main you're like it comes up over and over again in the story like prostitution whore 
sex stuff. It's a big... She has issues with it. Yes. It's very triggering for her. She'd tell neighborhood kids that Sylvia had spread lies about their mothers being prostitutes. What? Your mom's a hoe. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And Gertrude told her own kids that Sylvia was a prostitute. No. Yeah. So, like, basically, she would just say whatever she had to say to get them to hate her, too, so that they would take part. Yeah. One time... So we're getting into some of the stressful parts here. Megan is currently rubbing her forehead. Like, <laughs> oh, I hate it. So Gertrude, Paula, and some of the neighborhood kids, they fo- they started abusing her with food. They would abuse her in every possible way that they could come up with. So one time, they forced her to eat hot dogs until she threw up. <gasps> and I'm just going to say this next part really fast. Okay. So just hear it. Okay. But don't ask any questions. I'm, okay. I Ready? Won't, I won't. Go. Okay. So when Sylvia threw up, the trio made her eat it, and, and they, they she had to eat the vomit. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's go. Pretend it didn't happen. When school started again, the kids went back to school. Oh, my God. And Gertrude accused Sylvia of spreading rumors that Paula and Stephanie were prostitutes. Stephanie's 15-year-old boyfriend, Coy Hubbard who you're going to hear his name a lot, Mm -hmm. attacked Sylvia in response. No! Gertrude accused Sylvia of stealing gym clothes, and as punishment, she burnt her fingertips. Wait, but isn't she supposed to have clothing for these children? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't think that, like, providing was... Oh. Yeah. In the description. Gertrude would preach about the evils of sexual immoralities. Oh, my God. Yeah. Again, it's it's her thing. Saying things like, you should never do anything with a boy until you are married. Because, well, it's just, uh, so (laughs) she would say that while Paula, who P.S., by the way, just so we all know, Paula was pregnant. And Paula is 17? Yes, and not married. But Gertrude's preaching about how you should never do anything with a boy until you're married. And Paula, who was pregnant, by the way, kicked and stomped on Sylvia's vagina. No. Kicked and stomped on it. No. Then, while her children watched... What? Gertrude made Sylvia take off all her clothes. Nope. Poor Sylvia. I don't want to finish the sentence. <laughs> she sodomized her with a Coke bottle. I don't... I don't no. I hate everything. I hate... Like, I can't. What? <sighs> While her kids watched. Like, hey, y'all, gather around. Well, it's just... <laughs> also, these are... Her, her children are watching her do... Like, wait, what did you do last night? I, uh... Well, I we watched, watched my mom... We played Scrabble. What did yeah, you Yeah, we do? played Scrabble. We played kickball. Yeah. We played hide and seek. I watched some of the neighbor kids what about together. You? And we, what, did you, what did you We do? watched uh, Geraldine's mom over here. Yeah. We watched what her sodomize a girl with a Coke bottle. That's, yeah. what, that's what we did last yeah. night. Did you make cookies with your mom? That sounds really nice. Great. Great. That we, sounds nice. We decided to watch a movie. God. God. So, <laughs> no. It's really... Okay. Ugh. So Sylvia quit going to school. Gertrude told people that Sylvia just was didn't this by choice, go. or was she just way too weak? I think to she even go. couldn't go. Okay. Yeah. So Gertrude told people that Sylvia just didn't want to go, and she pretended to be concerned, like, right. "Oh gosh, I know Sylvia didn't. She's not. I'm working on it, though. She just her grades just, just aren't. We're really, we're really hoping we're she just turns it around. Concerned about her well being. Sylvia was beaten so badly that she became incontinent. And when she wet the mattress, Gertrude decided to banish her to the basement because she wasn't... I mean, if you have somebody stomping on your vagina... Jumping up and down on your vaginal walls and your bladder so... I just... So, she's like, you you don't get to share a bed with my children anymore because you can't... You wet the bed. So, it's all your fault. Was locked... Yeah, obviously. (laughs) How dare you do that? So, she was locked in the basement without food or access to a bathroom. In the midst of all this... Sisters, Sylvia's sister, Jenny, reportedly called Diana, the Mm -hmm. oldest sister, called her for help. And Diana 
initially ignored the police. She believed the girls were simply grumbling. And I kind of, like, part of me's like, oh, God. But then the other part the of me's like... sister, you're just, like, you're just miserable. And who would believe this story? Yeah. Like, yeah. who would be like, oh, sure. That really Sure, happened. they're all torturing yeah. you and everybody's watching. Sure, yeah, that's really fine. But later, so she tried to go visit, and her suspicions were raised when Gertrude wouldn't let her in the house. Oh, no. Then she spotted Jenny... Mm-hmm. who said, I'm not allowed to talk to you, and ran away. <gasps> it's like, that's her sister. Yeah. So Diana contacted social services, but when a worker showed up, they said that Sylvia had ran away. What? And Jenny backed up that story <gasps> because she was afraid of Gertrude. Oh. The worker was like, okay, and left. So Coy, Stephanie's 15-year-old boyfriend, liked to body slam Sylvia onto the concrete basement floor. And then no. he would tie her up for days, all at Gertrude's urging. No, no, no. Kids from the school visited and participated in Sylvia's torture. What? It really sounds like they just like, um, we're going to go to school. And then afterward, hey, we all going to round up and go to hey, Gertrude's like house that, and that, torture the, the that boy. That cat up the street that we throw rocks at. Exactly. It's like, it's like she's no longer a human being. Oh, my God. Gertrude would coach them step by step. No. They practiced judo on her. <gasps> they used well, her also, skin. How, how does Gertrude know judo? I guess the kids maybe took... Oh, lessons, maybe. but also I'm like they took lessons. It's did you pay for lessons? I don't know. You're paying fifty five. Maybe they at school. They used her skin as an ashtray, so they put cigarettes out on her like These arms ten and legs. Chain smoking. They threw her down the stairs. No. They cut open her skin and rubbed salt in the wounds. Mm. They bathed her with scalding hot water. No. Nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. Hey, Timmy, what'd you do today at your friend's house? Oh, I just smoked a bunch of cigarettes and put them out on one of the girls they're watching. That's what we do there. That's what we do there. There was talk that, like, people in the neighborhood weren't, like, they weren't completely blind to it. They had, they would see her abusing her, like, outside, what? like, beating her. But I think, for one, it's the 60s, and there was very much of, like, don't get involved. Other yeah. people's business. And also, again, how could you ever comprehend of what could be going on behind closed oh, doors? Right. You, you know what I mean? You could think, oh, she probably well, we spanks her too hard. But yeah. Right. We would. <laughs> That's who we are. But back then, people, I don't think, really thought like that. Yeah. You know, they just were like, well, that yeah. parent is like a harsh disciplinarian. Right. But they would never think they're a sadistic, like, yeah. torturer yeah. type person. Yeah. Another quote that I had read in a different article was from an Indianapolis Star reporter who covered the case. And they were like, a lot of people have compared this to Lord of the Flies, but that was just a bunch of uncontrolled children. Oh, yeah. In this case, they had an adult supervising what they were doing. It wasn't children going wild. It was children doing what they were told. Ooh. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curve 
term frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy. And this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. Paula, the 17-year-old, she once beat Sylvia's face until she broke her wrist. (gasps) Then she went to the doctor and got a cast. And when she got home, she continued to hit Sylvia. So the doctor wasn't like, hey, how'd you break your wrist? I just fell. (laughs) Just fell on Sylvia's face repeatedly. Yeah, I don't know. I hate I hate hate this whole family. Okay, so Gertrude wanted to carve a... Gertrude wanted to carve a message into Sylvia's abdomen. What? She started it. She couldn't finish it. With what? A a knife. She had another neighborhood kid, 15-year-old Richard Hobbs, finish it. What? And when it was finished... Why? It said... Mm -mm. Nope. I am a prostitute and proud of it. That's a lot of letters. It is. This whole prostitute thing is just really bothering me. She's really obsessed with it. At Gertrude's request, Richard heated a, a metal hook and attempted to brand the letter S on her, but instead branded her with the number three, which I don't really... <laughs> like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it has some three and maybe it just got... Okay. Yeah. But anyway, branded her. With maybe he's not going to school much either. So three days before she died, Sylvia told Jenny, her little sister, she said, Jenny... I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell. Three days before she died, she could tell. She's 16. She is a sweet 16-year-old girl who used to take Jenny to the roller rink. And listen to the Beatles. And and hold on to her so that she could skate around with her friends. Yeah. And now she is laying on a dirty, nasty mattress in in the basement. basement, Chained Covered in cigarette burns. And branded. Oh, my God. I can't. Gertrude could also tell that... 
Sylvia was, yeah, you know, not doing well. So she brought Sylvia upstairs out of oh, the basement. Oh, how nice of yeah, her. And put her on a mattress again. But while she was up there, she forced Sylvia to write a letter to her parents. So this letter no. is like, just no. I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night. They said they would pay me and I would give them something. So I got in the car and they got all they wanted. So it's like this whole thing of she... I'm dirty. Well, and also as an explanation for all the injuries uh-huh. she has. Yeah. This is supposed to be the explanation. All those boys did it. I ran away. It's oh, my yeah, fault all for those running away. Healing bruises. Yes. It's just how when they got finished, they beat me up, left sores all over my face and body. And they also put on my stomach that I'm a prostitute and proud of it. So first off, it explains away all of the injuries. Right. Yep. The last part of it is PS also. I have done just about everything I could do just to make Gertie mad. What? And I cost her more money than she's got. I tore up a new mattress. I peed on it. I've cost her doctor's bills. I've made Gertie a nervous wreck. Oh. Like, poor Gertie. Poor <laughs> Gertie. So, oh. so, Gertie's just had a hard life. Bless her little heart. So, Gertie's trying to get money out of the family. I guess so. It's like, if you're getting this letter, it must be because your daughter has died. But I want you to make sure you remember also yeah, me. Yeah, all remember the me. things that I have financially done for your family. <laughs> that night, Sylvia overheard Gertrude telling her kids that she was going to dump Sylvia in the woods <sighs> and leave her to die. Oh, my God. So, after she heard this, Sylvia tried to escape one last time. And she got out the front door, apparently. But she didn't. She was just too weak uh, to get no. very far. So Gertrude caught her, brought her back inside, tried to get her to eat. Sylvia was too weak. Oh, no. So Gertrude struck her in the face with a curtain rod, <gasps> and her son, John, threw her back in the basement. I was trying to be nice to you, but you ran away. So <sighs> back in the basement you go. Yeah. So John tied Sylvia's wrist to the basement railing. Her toes barely touched the ground. Oh, no. And then Gertrude shoved crackers into Sylvia's mouth, and Sylvia said she wasn't hungry and suggested she feed them to the dog. Oh, suck it, Gertie. I like that she had attitude right up to the end. Yeah. Gertrude then punched her in the belly. Here's another thing I'm just going to say real fast. So if you're bothered by the hot dog thing, this is worse. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Ready? Go. John force fed her the contents of baby Denny's diaper as well as her own feces. Okay, let's keep going. All right. I'm done. On October 25th, Gertrude, Coy, and John beat Sylvia until she lost consciousness. No. The next morning on October 26th, Gertrude and Stephanie bathed Sylvia, and during her bath, Sylvia stopped breathing. Oh, no. The Banazuskis freaked out. Of course they did. Um, not because they cared. But yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, they've got a dead body on their hands. Um, so Stephanie tried unsuccessfully to revive her with CPR, and Gertrude placed Sylvia's broken body back on the mattress and had Richard call the cops. Let's just take... I just need a moment. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. All these kids are just living there with their mom. And, yeah. And it's like, well, mom wants us to do this. Yeah. So it's okay. It's fine. Mom said so. Yeah. This is what... Mom's doing. This is what real life. This is what she just moms normalized are to do. this whole thing. Yeah. And also, like, she doesn't come across to me as a very like warm and caring person. So I also feel like there had to be an element of like, this makes mom happy. Yeah. And we don't want mom unhappy. Like, so they're she, just in like like take it out on her instead of taking it out on us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I mean. We'll get into later, like, the punishments that everybody got, and I, I have a real problem with a lot of it. But the argument is, is a lot of these people involved, everybody besides Gertrude, yeah. was a child. They were all under right. the age of 18. Yeah, they had 10-year-olds there. So, on one hand, how messed up are they now? Oh, my God, yeah. That's going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. And Especially you, if they didn't get in trouble for it, and they're just living out a norm, whatever normal is for them. How do you life. get over that? You don't. 
There's just no way. I can't imagine finding a way to move forward with your life. You can't. How do you have a normal life? How do you have a family after that? Yeah, I don't know. But they do. Several of them do. No, no, no. Okay, so when the cops arrived, Gertrude gave them Sylvia's letter. And she was like, Sylvia ran away recently. I've been really worried about her. I was just trying to take care of her. She came home and I gave her a bath. Yeah, I'm doctoring her. Oh, my God. The officers rounded the hall corner to find Sylvia's emaciated form lying lifeless on the soiled mattress. Mm. The deputy coroner noted that Sylvia's lips were practically chewed through. (gasps) All 10 of her fingernails were bent backward and broken, and she had hundreds of wounds on her skin, all of them in different stages of healing, suggesting ongoing trauma. Oh, no. The police asked Jenny what had happened, and she told the story that Gertrude had told everybody to say, but then she added, you get me out of here and I will tell you everything. Everything. Oh, good girl. Yes. And the autopsy backed up everything. Like, yeah. that's how we have all these details. Is okay. Because of Jenny. Good. Sylvia died an incredibly slow and painful death over a matter of months. Oh, my God. Police arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Banaszewski, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard for murder. Okay. Other neighborhood participants were arrested for injury to person. And then there were several other children involved that were just too young to be charged. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the other thing. Even if you weren't a physically taking part in it, just that you watched it. Oh. Like, how messed up are you that that's a daily thing like that you watch? going watched? to school, imagine being that person's schoolmate and you them just being terrified and you're just like, what's going on with you? And they're like, well, I was over at so-and-so's house and their mom was doing this and this and yeah. this. Well, and I think after a while you get completely desensitized to it. Like, maybe it doesn't even bother you anymore. Yeah. And that's completely that's messed up too. Like, yeah. that's like, that's not normal. This uh-uh. should bother you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> There are no rules at Gertrude's house. No, Gertie don't care. Mm-hmm. She's haggard. She's not She's not like a real mom. She's, she's a cool mom. She's a cool mom. She's the cool mom. So Gertrude pleaded not guilty by no. reason of insanity. Which, I mean, she, she, she got to be a little crazy. However, the fact that she did everything to hide it and wrote the note, yeah. obviously she knew right It was well thought out. So oh, Gertie. Gertrude was convicted of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. During her years at the Indiana Women's Prison, she was a model prisoner. No. And earned the nickname Mom. Stop. She was paroled in 1985. She was real motherly to she these was, other she inmates. She was so, you guys, she was just there to take care of everyone. She just was always making biscuits and <laughs> biscuits. Loving on us. <laughs> uh, loving on us. She just hugged us. She just nurtured us to the best of her ability. Like, she got behind bars and became a whole brand new person. Susie Hillmaker. She was paroled in 1985 and she moved to Iowa, changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen. Hmm. Which I think that's a, like, you get to pick your name and that's what you go with. What? I'm Nadine Van Fossen. And she died of lung cancer. Wow. She never took responsibility for her crimes. She claimed mm. she couldn't remember her actions. I just, I just. I just you know, that was a time in my life that I just. Fo- it's real foggy. Guys. I just blocked those memories out. I was haggard. I was so haggard. I was chain smoking. It was just the fog I just, just, just clouded my memories. <laughs> never took responsibility for her crime. Like What a piece of crap. Exactly. Like, that's. Just how much of a monster are you? Like, you did this. No, like it. And then you're like, I don't really remember. I don't know. I don't recall those days. Uh, Paula, the 17-year-old, I feel like every time. Pregnant Paula. Every time I've mentioned her in this story, I've remembered to tell you all she was 17. She was 17. I get that she's a child, theoretically. She was 17. She knew better. And I'm angry about it. And then on the other hand, I keep reminding myself that, like, she was probably a 17-year-old who desperately wanted her mother yeah. to love her. Yeah, in a lot of situations like that. But I'm so angry about it. They're 
Yeah, they're I have a real hard a time. Age. Oh god, I have a real hard time being compassionate to her. But still, yep, I'm trying. Yep, can't. I don't. I don't want to try that hard though. In 1966, Paula was convicted of second degree murder, but when her conviction was overturned in 1971 on a technicality, huh. she pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter rather than face a retrial. What? So when she pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter, she got two to 21 years. Two to 21. But. In spite of attempting a prison break, she was paroled in March 1972. No. So that is... She tried to break out of prison and still got paroled. That... The guilty plea was 1971. She was paroled in 1972. So she didn't even do her two years. She was released completely, like, off parole and everything in March of 1974. What? She didn't get a life parole? No. (gasps) No. No, no. Um, This happened in 1965. Paula is a completely free person by 1974. She changed her name to Paula Pace. She wasn't heard from again until 2012 when she was discovered living in the small Iowa hamlet, which I think is... The hamlet. She's in a hamlet. It's not a town. Y'all join me in the hamlet. It's a hamlet. (laughs) I live in in the Iowa hamlet of Marshalltown. I'm a murderer. Yeah. And I live in a hamlet. And her mom had moved to Iowa, too, before she died. So I wonder, you know. Mm, She's following mom. Yeah. So she was in Marshalltown and worked as a teacher's aide. She was working in the school system around kids. What school allowed her in there? She was the mother of two grown sons, and they didn't charge her with any additional crimes when they found out that she was working as a teacher aide, but she did lose her job because Good. she had provided false information. Good. Since then, she has once more slipped off the grid. So where is she now? <laughs> Stephanie was 15 at the time. It's another one of the daughters. And though she admitted to participating to some degree in Sylvia's abuse, she was granted a special trial, and then all charges against her were dropped. Hmm. likely because she agreed to turn state's evidence against her family. Oh. So she served zero time. Wow. She reportedly changed her name, married, had children, and became a school teacher. No. And now lives in Florida. What? Because, of course, she lives in Florida. Okay. Coy, school teacher. I don't Because she wants to make a difference in these kids' lives. I don't know. And again, like, I'm trying real hard to be like, I'll be really mad about it. And then also I'm like, it's a daughter who really wanted a good mom relationship with her mom. It's her. It's Gertrude who poisoned all of them. Right. Yeah. I used to think this a lot um, when I used to. I used to teach special ed, mm-hmm. and I would have kids with major emotional behavior disorders. There's nothing else wrong. Right. And it, I would sit there and I would think like I would have kids who just literally kind of out of nowhere would just break down. Right. And they'd become really violent and really mm-hmm. angry. Just and they just out. had this, like, rage inside them. Yeah. And I would just think, like, I would sit there and just cry with them. Because yeah. I would think, if you just had different parents. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you just... You got so screwed yeah. by being born into this family. Right. I mean, I'm talking about the kids who, like, I knew the background. And yeah. I kind of, yeah. Knew. Not all of them. I'm not saying that every kid. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. So, I'd, so, I'm trying to, you know, again, trying to remind myself, these are kids, but also, good Lord. Coy, Stephanie's boyfriend, Hubbard, he was a full participant in Sylvia's torture. His contribution was. Well, yeah, he's the one who liked to throw her in body slam. Isn't he the one that tied her to the stairs, fed her feces? I think that was John. I think that was Gertrude's son, John. But still, I mean, I think they all did a little bit of everything. Because that whole feeding her the contents of the I carved the words into her. Roger, Richard, something. Richard. But like the. Feeding the contents of the diaper, that wasn't a one-time thing. Oh, that was something God. that was done repeatedly. No. Made her eat it. Mm-mm. 
but he would use her as a practice dummy for judo flips and punches and shoved her down the basement stairs. It's like those random country kids you find on YouTube that are like, hey, y'all watch this. And it's like them chopping at the air. Doing their judo flips, except he was doing it on her. God. So they convicted him of manslaughter and he served two years before being released. What? He never even changed his name and he remained in the Indianapolis area for the rest of his life. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he wasn't ashamed. He was, was tried for another murder in 1982, but acquitted. Are you kidding me? And then he died in 2007. Gertrude's son, John, who was 12 at the time My of God. the murder. Mm-hmm. So let's remember, he was the tr- he was 12 years old at the time that he was tying her up to where she her feet barely oh, touched the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And feeding her the diaper. He was convicted of manslaughter. He was Indiana State Reformity's youngest re- reformatory's <laughs> youngest inmate, which is really sad. Yeah. He also served two years. What? And he was released and he changed his name to John Blake. Allegedly, he's the only member of the Banaszewski family to show public remorse for okay. his deeds. He made no attempt to hide his past. He even spoke about it publicly on occasion. Right. Um, he had a wife and three children. He died of cancer at 2000, in 2005 at the age of 52. Oh, wow. Lots of cancer in the family. Richard Hobbs. Well, Gertrude. Gertrude is a cancer. She's a haggard smoker. Um, So Richard Hobbs, he's the one that, like, branded her and carved that sentence in her stomach. He was convicted of manslaughter, (laughs) served a short sentence, died of cancer in 1972 at 21. So he he got really young. Yeah. Marie, Shirley, and James Banaszewski, they were 11, 10, and 8. Oh, my God. So none of them were charged with anything. And then Jenny Likens. Who got custody of all these kids? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because maybe they, maybe they went to the foster care. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Jenny Likens went on to marry and have children of her own. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Good now her. I have a picture. Okay. 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 So that's that's the end of the horrible story. I have a picture. We're of, sorry, y'all. Of, I'm so sorry. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Please don't hate me for that. Story. Come back next time. I'm going to post a picture of I'm Gertrude. Sorry. Okay. I'm ready. And this appears to be her mugshot. <laughs> so keep in mind that she's 37 years so old. So she's 37. Now. When this photo was taken. I assume. Like, I, but you look at it, it's like, there's no way she's 37. So maybe okay. that's wrong. But I mean, she was 37 at the time that this happened and this looks like a mugshot. But maybe it's just like, maybe they had to take like school portraits, but in maybe jail. Maybe this is in her new Did life. Did they do yearly is this pictures in jail? Life? I don't know. <laughs> There she is. Stop. No, that's a mugshot. She's got she's got a little chain around her neck with her numbers on it. Yeah, so she's 37? There's no way there I'm is older than no that woman. way that woman is 37 I mean, she's, years old. She haggard. She That's haggard. She, but she's got shoulder pads on. She does. She's got, she's got her hair. She's all, wearing her power suit. She is. Ugh. Her hair is all done up. Yeah. And she's got an angry eyebrow, too. Whew. She's got an angry everything. Look, her mouth doesn't even look like it could ever smile. Like, no. it's just, like, permanently in a pit. It's like, this guy, I mean, we'll post on Instagram, which you can find it, which is she Magic looks Murder like Mystery. somebody on, like, Fantastic Beasts. It's the most amazing raging resting bitch face I've oh, ever seen. for sure. If you saw her in the grocery, I'd run the other way. God, yeah. She just looks Ooh. angry. She looks so scary. Yeah. I mean, she definitely has her Do you voice. think that's her at 37? There's, <laughs> like, no I just can't wrap my head around it. Way. I don't know. Her eyes look young, but they're so... And there is that. I mean, her skin isn't super wrinkled either. No, but her... I mean, maybe that's Is this what 37-year-olds look like? 37-year-olds? 37-year-olds. I is mean, this what they look like in 1965? She's got her contour game going on, though. <laughs> 
Like, what is I happening? feel like I need to do some um, more investigation to see what age she actually is. I'm good with it. Gertie being some news keys. The way that the sides of her mouth turned down, like, I don't think she ever smiled, ever. And the other part about this, while, while I'm waiting for you to Google, let's look back at, like, like, how did she become this? Like, how did she become exactly. this person? What horrible things I happened to her? think that might be her. Well, no, wait. So this is her without makeup. This is her with makeup. She looks really scary. She's terrifying. So this is not her at 37. Uh, guys. So we're not entirely sure how old Gertrude is in this picture, but we are entirely positive that she is terrifying Haggard. in this picture. This picture could be later when she's part of the prison and they called her mom. That's true. She was mom. I mean, look at this one smiling. That's Paula. She's grinning. Yes. You guys, Paula Banaszewski's mugshot. She's, she's grinning. smirking. You can Google oh, it. Google yeah. It. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, guys. guys you all can um, um, find us on Witches Magic Murder Mystery on Instagram. You can also, if you have any Kentucky uh, stories, yeah. like it can be murder stories, mysteries, Folklore. ghosts, haunting, UFOs, all of it. All the things. We want all the things. It's Witches Magic Murder Mystery at, at gmail.com. Yeah. And since it's Thanksgiving, thank you guys for listening yeah. to the podcast. It's been... So much fun. Yeah. It's been a lot. I, I knew it would be fun because me and you have fun doing everything. Right. You, and but... it's fun for you all because you get to listen to us <laughs> do what we do. <laughs> yes. But you guys have really stuck with us through like, you know, as you can probably tell, we're still trying to figure out some of the podcasting things. Oh, like yeah. audio stuff and the ads and all that. Yeah. But like you, you're with us every week and you listen and... We hear all... The fun feedback. Yeah. That's so great. Just thanks for we being We appreciate here. you all. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> you too. Okay. So, okay. Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>